Hey Swifters, I'm Simon Schofield and this is the Swiftcast coming up on this episode. The Fence, a system to defeat flyers, is being tested. We debate its merits. Should the interwebs tell people how to cheat on Swift? And racing, what have we learned as the KISS Super League reaches its conclusion? So it's two against one this week, Shane, my friend. Nathan is in the UK, the land of strife and turmoil right now, and so am I. So that uh, only leaves you beyond the borders of Madland, my friend. How's things? Good day also. Uh, it's all still warm summer days here. They're rolling on, so it's been good weather. I've been out there getting a few good rides in, but there have been a few glimpses of cold, and the sun is rising later and setting earlier. So I guess winter is coming. Yeah, upside down land over there, of course, because spring is springing here. And that's right where you are, Nathan, in London town. Uh, Welcome to the chaos that's currently in the UK, by the way. Um, But you're here to commentate on a thing, like a big, big thing. It's the British National E-Champs, and it's on big telly, proper telly, not just internet streaming nonsense. It is proper, proper telly, uh, BT Sport, which is a prominent satellite channel here. Um, We've just been talking a little bit about the setup, which, shall we say, is bigger than anything that has ever been seen before, I think, in Zwift racing. So let's have a bit of uh, behind-the-scenes gossip. Uh, Yo, dude, by the way. Hey, how's it going, guys? Uh, Yeah, it's... uh... Uh, you walked in to the set and it was wide eyes and can I take pictures? <laughs> That's what. And <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it was uh, definitely really cool to see. The setup is, it looks um, pretty amazing as far as what we're going to get for the spectacle on the riders. There's a lot that's going to go into the scene that's there to bring in the real life effort, which we've always kind of been looking forward to. It's going to have an, an audience that's going to be really excited about their national championships, but also introduced to like, wait a second, what is e-racing? What is this new e-sport thing? So um, having that coincide with the national championship thing to a UK audience is kind of a, a pretty exciting talking point about it. Yeah, and I should make clear, actually, I mean, obviously the internet is uh, is global and people will be able to catch it there, but the kind of proper telly thing is is UK only. Um, well, m- much more of that later, and we are going to uh, talk about racing because we can't not. Uh, but just let's have a quick catch up on what we'll be doing in the rather long gap between Zwiftcast at the moment. Well, me, that's easy enough. I've been having daily death ray treatment for what I like to call my bad knee, which isn't a bad knee. Uh, nearly got to the end of that, about which I will be very pleased. So I've been pretty much homebound or housebound, at least unable to travel. And that meant I couldn't attend what's come to be known as Zwift Week over in Long Beach a couple of weeks ago. Um, this is basically a company shindig where everyone who works for and is associated with Swift gets together for a few days of information sharing, networking, collaboration, call it what you will, uh, and also drinking and dancing, I understand. Uh, lots of companies do these things, and now Swift is all grown up, they do too. Uh, we were all together last year, but sadly not this. Now, of course, I know you two are limited on dishing the dirt on specifics, um, but let's have a bit of mood music. Shane. Um, we've both watched the company grow from very, very small roots to a much, much bigger thing. And and uh, you saw that, uh, both you and Nathan saw the bigger thing laid out in front of your very eyes at Zwift Week. Every single employee and associate of the company, bar one, <laughs> which was me, uh, was there. Um, what's your sense, Shane, of the, of, of, of the state of Zwift HQ? You know, just kind of mood music here. Yeah, look, I've got to say the mood music the mood music for this needs to be supplied by a band called Night Rider who are going to be ripping out 80s tunes because they were at one of the uh, the event nights. It was actually really good. I think they nailed the demographic there for 80s tunes. They were rocking out some ballads. So, yeah, just just have that in the back of your mind there. Uh, look, it's pretty um, pretty obvious that Zwift is no longer a startup, that's for sure. Um, there's also good and bad to that, um, which means they're probably not as agile as they once were. Look, with big investments that they've had recently, becomes uh, comes along big responsibility to deliver. Um, their horizons are pushing out further and further. Last year, you probably remember, there was a lot of talk of the next 12 months and what's going to be implemented and things like that, um, which they pretty much delivered everything on. I think we ran through a checklist while we were there, and uh, they did pretty well with that. But their gaze this time was well beyond the next 12 months. They're talking two, three, five years big time down the track. So that was pretty much the state of play as I got it from the whole week. 
Interesting. Uh, uh, yeah, a longer time horizon associated with a bigger company with greater ambition. You, you can understand that. Okay, without getting anybody into trouble, tell me the, the one thing that you can tell me that you found most interesting all week. There are a few things. Um, I'm excited over the next 12 months of what's coming along. We saw the, the time frame for that as well. So that's that's kind of cool. It, it keeps me excited about what's going on. I'm sure what you know people will see as well as it rolls out. It'll keep everyone happy and riding their bikes on Swift and getting fitter. Uh, not really any one thing other than I think smart bikes are still coming. But I think that was last year and the year before and maybe the year before. But we never know. Every year is the year of the smart bike. <laughs> Nathan, similar question to you, fella. I mean, I'm not expecting specifics and, and it's unfair to ask for them and you're not going to give me them, but were you excited generally by what you saw and heard? Definitely. Uh, esports, obviously, I mean, and to hear esports and start to come out more and people really excited about it within Zwift um, is, uh, has, has been really cool. And not necessarily like things that I saw necessarily on like here's what's coming or what's going on or what we're thinking on uh, about the future, but more like just excitement about certain ideas that I'm not sure Zwift even themselves felt free about in the past. And now they feel internally more free about and, um, and excited about and want to go out into the world with kind of a thing. So I don't know. It's the, I mean, e esports is now kind of a division within the company, isn't it? Uh, um, <laughs> uh, I'm going to let you answer that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I think it, I think it's no secret that that Zwift have been hiring uh, hiring in that area, and and you know their amb ambitions are no secret. Um, well, I wish I could have been there, but I I, I wasn't. Hopefully, next year, good to get a little bit of behind the scenes from you two on that. Okay. Well, some of the folks at Zwift Week will have been hard at work on a new feature, which is currently being tested. Um, this is come to be known as the fence and this is at long long last a method of empowering and assisting the com the community's ride leaders to deal with flyers on group rides in short this is a a visible barrier well i mean it's still under test and i think it will be refined but basically it's a visible barrier and you get too far ahead of the fence you'll get warned and then you'll get booted from the group ride um, it's obviously aimed at stopping flyers who are widely thought to be disruptive on group rides um, currently the plan and this may change but currently the plan is to allow group leaders to choose whether or not they deploy the fence now ride leaders have wanted this for Ever. Um, let's hear from one of them, um, one uh, a very experienced ride leader on Swift, uh, Rich Lovelock. He's given lots and lots of his own time to to uh, leading group rides, and I thought it'd be just interested, interesting to get his perspective. I am for it. <laughs> it's a big move, obviously. It affects a lot of people. It affects a lot of events, obviously. And I just think it needs to be done with caution and consideration. And so it doesn't upset too many people, basically, yeah. There's so many mixed opinions that you read on social media about flyers. You know, some people just don't see it as a big deal. And perhaps those people have never been involved in leading rides. And I kind of, you know, I understand, as a ride leader, I still understand that perspective. Some people just want a facility to, to kind of join up with some people and, and maybe go off the front and... I kind of understand that, but as a ride leader, I also find it mildly frustrating because it does, you know, stretch out groups. I think as a ride leader, I would, I would like the responsibility of any of this um, control that comes about from the fence to be <laughs> largely from Zwift rather than perceived as being from the ride leader, because I think that's when we get into a dodgy territory, so to speak. I think my main concern with it, even though I'm all for it, is just, just. Some real thorough testing needs to be done in a, a variety of situations, and you know, let's try and get it get it right from the outset. They've had some some top class leaders on there giving feedback, so you know, it, it seems like the, a great approach from the outset that Swift are taking. So, yeah, I'm I'm pretty encouraged so far. Okay, well, Rich, as as I think, pretty much every single group ride leader is very, very, very for the fence. Um. So let's us three discuss it a bit. Nathan, I, I've got a bit of a confession to make. I have been a flyer. I've used group rides to find a small group who wants to ride at the same pace as me or me as them, and I have flown off the front. Um, I don't believe I've disrupted the ride for others as the group forms, and it's off. It's invisible to the rest of the ride. Within 30 seconds, 
the fast group at the front is is gone. It doesn't string out the rest of the ride. And, you know, I, I'm not sure I see too much wrong with that. However, I can completely and utterly sympathise with the idea that flyers are annoying, particularly in, in perhaps the kind of D rides and the rides aimed at newbies. And, and I'm, not, I'm not defending flyers here, but I do think it's worth us three having a bit of a discussion about it. Is the fence the answer? I think that with customizable tools... Um, if we ever have customizable tools, uh, we, which I think there kind of are already within Zwift with uh, how you set up a ride, right? So like if you want to, if, if somebody's setting up an event uh, with Zwift and they're a ride leader uh, or you have a race and you can ask them, turn on power-ups, turn off power-ups, turn on the fence, turn off the fence. So for certain kinds of rides, like it isn't like all group rides do the same thing. Right. Like so some group rides like Innovation Run, they do a group ride that seems to have like a chill time. And then somebody says, we're going to go and do this at this time and people break away or, or whatever. And, and then it regroups. I mean, some of my favorite rides, we were talking about this at dinner last night, actually. One of my favorite rides was called the Gun Show. And it was like a top secret exclusive ride where it was like when we ring the bell, it's game on and you drop whoever the heck you can. But it wasn't a race at the same time. Like a race has a number and a finish line and there's like kind of a regrouping at times. That's a different thing than a race. And so there needs to be spaces for all these things. But then I feel bad for the guy who or, or, or gal who shows up and it's like I was expecting 2.5 and that's my threshold. And what the hell I'm off the back. So and that needs a space that is got the corralling. So I think the fence is an answer for rides that are really really focused on we need to stay together and people are getting really mad now like and it's all about expectation i always got frustrated when i was told in real life don't go off the front like go ride your ride i'm gonna ride my ride me and my buddies are doing this and with a b group it's cool man just don't worry about me you worry about you but at the same time if it's ruining somebody's day and what they needed out of the ride especially if they're just getting into cycling then there's a place for the fence for sure so yeah well, that's, uh, yeah, I, mean, I think that's an interesting point you make there, actually, is that the fence could actually just be one of the ingredients in the recipe of a group ride. And, you know, some group rides might advertise themselves as, hey, we don't have the fence, so if you want to fly off the front, you can. I mean, that, that's an interesting way of looking at it. I mean, Shane, I think this whole area is really interesting. The, the feature's been so long coming now. I've got a theory that the community has actually worked out how to cope without it. Um, I, I mean, I've not been able to do many group rides uh, recently. <laughs> The ones I've done have been D-rides. But it seems to me that the, the flyers problem is kind of almost self-resolved. I mean, I know ride, ride leaders still find them infuriating, but but do they really now ruin every single group ride? Uh, yeah, they do. They still do for me. I've been known to rage quick group rides that are just plastered with, um, you know, flyers slow down, flyers stop this, flyers don't do that. But uh, Well, that's a different, yeah, no, no, that's a different matter. And it, it is one I wanted to raise, mm -hmm. actually. So let's raise it now. And that's, and that's nagging mm -hmm. from ride leaders, some of which is necessary, but can also be annoying. So the fence would cure that, I guess. Yeah, look, this feature's been a long time coming. I thought we discussed this in single digits with cast episodes. There was a mention of a harness racing style sort of gate or barrier there. Um, so I'm, I'm glad to see the movement here. Um, but um, as already mentioned this uh, episode, the position Zwift is in to roll out quick and changes and hope for the best, they're not there anymore. They've got to roll out things now and get it right because with so many concurrent users now, they're changing the wheels on a moving train with every rollout and update. So they're going to have to be really careful so what we're seeing is i guess we're not being so agile these days but look the feature itself bring it on and as i've mentioned i've raged quit a few group rides because all you see is the text on screen right in that field of view and about that text being in the field of view didn't we want that moved as well so hmm, interesting mm. but you're you're in favor you are definitely in favor of the fence you'd like to see it deployed on every single group ride uh, i'd like to see it as an option there as a tool to use um if it is a problem in group mm. rides for sure yes I mean, that nagging thing can be annoying. I, and I, I sympathise with group leaders, you know, deeply, deeply, deeply. And I have nothing but 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 good things to say about, about right leaders because it's their time that they give up. Um, one thing, do you think it will be clear to people who do get booted that they've been booted by the game and not by the right leader? So take out that element of personalization, which we all know on the internets can rapidly escalate um shane do you think it will be clear that it's the game that's doing the booting 
Yeah, I hope so. It's all about the user experience and how it's delivered on screen with the correct message. If it says rightly the X is booting you out, get out, then that's going to be a bit of a problem. But it should say, and that should be a wording around you've been, you know, you put the responsibility on the writer. You have been detected as writing beyond the group's, you know, pace or beyond the group specifications. Here's what's going to happen. So put it on the onus on the writer themselves to change their activity or their, you know, their actions because that's what's causing it in the first place. So I think it can be done correctly and right, just, uh, yeah, for the good of everyone. You've been booted by Zwift. You've been <laughs> zooted, uh, which we'll get into, uh, which we'll talk about a bit more later, actually, which is language specific, specific around Zwift. Um, Nathan, finally on this, uh, another approach which has been suggested for some time and was in fact alluded to by Eric Min, um, the Zwift CEO, during a discussion in the community about the fence, was, was the concept of the endless ride or rides or the perpetual ride or the matchmaking function. So if I want to ride at three watts per kilogram, there will be a ride running 24 hours at three watts per kilogram that I can jump on and join, like a kind of carousel kind of idea. I still think that would be a good solution, don't you? Uh, it's really similar to most matchmaking situations in the gaming world. It's an ELO ranking system a lot of times, but it's based on watts per kilogram, right? Um, I don't think that sol solves the flyer. Uh, that doesn't solve the free will of individuals to go and make a choice at any time. It does solve a lot of other things, though, about matchmaking and about how do we... Uh, get people in similar events of similar abilities, things that we've talked a lot about, about basing races on results rather than on watts per kilogram, perhaps. I mean, there's there's a lot of conversation there that I think is different than the fence. I don't think that that's a solution to what the fence is after. I think the root and the value that the fence is after is about keeping uh, – the free will of people reined in a little bit when they want to make choices that are not similar to the expectations of the ride versus what kind of level do you ride at? We need to match you with the right kind of people. So, yeah, yeah, no, they, they are two slightly different things, but I, I still think the perpetual ride at certain Watts per kilo available 24 seven would, would would help keep flyers away from from group perhaps, perhaps corral things a little bit better rather than mm. like here's what I, my option is right now and that's all i have so now i'm gonna go and mess this ride up i can see that for sure where it brings the percentage down yeah yeah well ride leaders often define their success on whether their ride is blobby uh in other words does it stay together in a nice fat well blob uh, and a post on the forums caught my eye from a Zwifter who was gently raising the question of whether we ought to use the term the blob um interesting one this i'm not actually completely certain how this terminology developed but it certainly stuck uh in fact one loyal listener to the Zwiftcast did suggest it was actually an acronym for bicycles leading other bicycles uh, which is very clever but i'm not sure how much truth there is in that um Zwift groups are not pelotons they are blobs the original poster thought it's a bit inappropriate because it wasn't a proper cycling term but as another poster pointed out neither ride on nor rubber banding are, are cycling terms so where do we stand on this important question fellas um shane should we permit use of the blob or should we go all purist and french and insist that um, groups of, of, of riders are termed peloton. <laughs> I'm standing right by the use of the word peloton. I think we all own the word peloton. It's a global thing that everybody should be able to use anywhere they like. So I'm sticking with peloton. Blob itself sort of sits around the whole... <laughs> I thought you might. Yeah, the, 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 sits around the drops thing. So yeah, when you get dropped from a ride, it's not good. Or if you drop your bike, it's not good. And we've got the drop shop. I don't really like that name. If I'm going to go for a ride, I don't want to feel like a blob. I want to feel fit and thin and riding in a peloton, being a big virtual cyclist, you know, or a fast virtual cyclist and things. I, I, you know, and the blob doesn't sit well with me at all. It feels like donuts. Mm, so you 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 would prefer a, a, bit, a bit more of a purist approach to how we talk about Zwift. Um, is there not an argument that, that, that you know, a, a little subculture is developing around the game and therefore it should have its own characteristics like its own uh, particular bits of language yeah, i think it's always there um it's sort of losing a little bit now that there's so many people around like everybody once knew we're all from ohio but now that joke sort of falls flat now about being from ohio um Maybe, but I think what we've got is, I think we're just adding Z to the start of everything because, you know, when's that new feature coming out? Well, that'll be coming out soon. 
So I think we start just stick with the Z side of things. <laughs> Zoom was funny, I have to say. Uh, Nathan, I suspect you might think slightly differently from Shane and perhaps me on this that uh, that the game should develop its own its own culture, which might be expressed in language. I agree with that a hundred percent. I'm not sure about Blob though. Like, <laughs> um, it, it has been used in the community in a. A non, a non. It's a, it's, it's a, a non-flattering term, I think, which was Shane's point. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I mean, pack or Peloton or yeah. something that has. I mean, if if there's something that develops more within the community that isn't necessarily such a negative tone, then of course, like there should be a, um, you know, an adopting of that in the language. That's how language develops. Yeah, and of, of course, there should be this culture around it. And you see it in a lot of different games where like suddenly there's a term that people use in the community and it just becomes widespread within everybody who's online using it. Next thing I know, that's even how the developers are talking about it. So, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, Bacon has kind of assumed that, Shane, in, in, in that spread out from Australia, you know, Bacon... Uh, well, there's kind of lots of stuff around bacon. I don't fully understand it, actually. I mean, it's some kind of corruption of bacon, <laughs> isn't it? You know, stick with the bacon, but then you get lots of bacon jokes and lots of jokes that annoy vegans. So, I mean, there's a, <laughs> there's, a, there's, a, there's always scope for, for trouble around language, is there not? Yeah, for sure. Look, uh, I guess the community um, pleases itself, though, and uh, things turn into memes pretty quick and stick. But as I said, it's just a volume of people now on Zwift. The in-jokes are becoming not so in-jokes anymore with the language, but uh, we shall see. We shall see where it goes. Okay, well, let's have a little experiment. Um, Why don't... um why don't uh, people on Zwiftcast listeners suggest a suitable Zwifty name for uh, the process by which you would be removed from a group ride uh, when the fence arrives? Uh, we, we've got a starter for 10, which is zooted. I don't think that's particularly good, actually. But um, if you've got an idea of, of what, what that would, a word to describe the process of being ejected from a group ride, let's hear that um, on, over on Zwiftcast listeners. Right on! Okay, well, an interesting video popped up on YouTube recently, not made by some random, but a very knowledgeable guy called Keith Wakeham. Now, Keith has been in and around the measurement of power in the bike industry for many, many years. He's worked with some of the very biggest names in the business, and I don't think he'd mind being described as a power meter geek. Um, Why do we care? Well, Keith's video basically outlined in absolute and excruciating detail the best ways of cheating on Zwift. If you are a heavy user of Zwift, I'm sure you've heard someone talking about cheating. Cheating in Zwift is done in one of two ways, the user's weight or their power. The most common of these is weight cheating, where a user puts in a different weight, usually lower, to give them a climbing or acceleration advantage. The other cheating would be power. And power data comes from a smart trainer or a power meter. The second element is harder to fake for the average person but it can be done. There is a new category of esports emerging, real cycle racing, but all in the comfort of your own home using your own power meter. The main problem is that the, the protocols and methods that existed when power meters were first developed never had competitive racing in mind. And that's okay because there can be solutions to this problem, but none of them exist today. I'm going to show you how I did this and talk about why I wasn't caught even in a real race. Now, Keith's doing this with the very best of intentions. I think he's seeking to illustrate just how difficult it is to control the variables that need to be controlled if the platform is to have credibility as a serious racing platform. But that said, this was an absolute encyclopedia of cheating. You want to cheat? This shows you how. So was he right to put this up? He's not the only one, of course. Others do it, often for motives not as pure as I think Keith's were. Shane, um, cheats charter or sunlight is always the best disinfectant? Mm, it's kind of a bit like, here, kid, here's a box of matches, but don't light any fires. Um, yes. That's sort of how I saw this. Look, I come around the, the question of the content motive. Was it published with the intent of making things better? Or if not, it's just like burning someone's house down to show people how destructive fire can be with the Zwift Racing being the metaphorical house here. Look, I spent a lot of time with a lot of equipment trying my best to understand what works and what doesn't and what's accurate and what's not. But the bigger picture for me, though, is that people can take from what I do and apply it to themselves any way they want across any software platform, inside, outside, et cetera. It's not just Zwift-focused. 
Um, look, publishing ahead of cheat on Zwift is going to result in clicks, views, and discussion, which is the formula for getting attention online. I just hope things move forward here. It's, there's many ways to skin this cat, but um, look, it is what it is. We've been talking about this for ages. I don't think Keith designed this as clickbait. I mean, I don't think he's that kind of poster on social media, to be honest. I mean, if you watch the entire video, it's quite long. It's about 18, 18 minutes, I think. He's at pains throughout to suggest that he's only doing this to illustrate some of the difficulties and perhaps propose some solutions, which he did do, actually, on the very common ways of cheating in Swift. So, Nathan, same question to you, really. Should this be out there? Will it just simply act as a cheat charter? Or, or should somebody who's respected and has done detailed work publish that work as a subject for, for discussion? I mean, the, the fact is, these days, you can't stop this kind of stuff getting out there, can you? No, you can't. And I think it's uh, great, actually. Um, it does. I did just take a quick look at the video. I, I saw this pop up in my feeds. Uh, there's a lot of Zwift cheating videos out there, <laughs> actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, so yeah. I skimmed by and thought it was just another like quick little, I don't like Zwift because it's impossible yeah, yeah. to do yeah. these things. The rant, it'll the rant never, video. Yeah. yeah, it'll never work. And like, and then like we were in this conversation last night um, about me and some other gamers in the company like we're like hey um this has been around forever in every other game and we have always had land competitions for our major events csgo like well actually it was uh one of our presenters at the the bt thing comes from esports one of the other presenters and was like yeah we just take care of it by doing land events and there's anti-cheat stuff and there's 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 things that are in place and he i'm look i'm skimming through the video and he actually goes into some of the solutions it looks like that the yeah, he does, gaming yeah. industry yeah, to be fair to him he does yeah. yeah yeah the gaming industry is on this it isn't like they haven't seen this before and um there are solutions at the same time there's cheaters caught every day in apex legends right now shroud or the top twitch streamers right now you can log in and you'll see that they're sometimes running into hackers they're sometimes running the cheaters they recognize it they call it out they report the person the person gets banned they get a notification saying thank you so much we're not going to tell you who it was but thank you for reporting because we did ban someone so, um, you know, that, that's the that's the game. I mean, this is an old argument we've had countless times. That's the game banning somebody. And, and you know, as as we know, Zwift have been very reluctant to do that. And there's no sign at all that that that, that policy is going to change. Uh, well, <laughs> um, or are so, you saying maybe it will? Well, there are um, verifications around national championships, I think, that are taking place. Right. Yeah. 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 So um, I don't know if you'd use the word ban, but I would also say that we had broadcasts that had individuals crossing lines first, and those are out there to see. And I'm not sure that those ind- all those individuals will be awarded national championships. Um, well, so- we're, we're go- yeah, we're going to discuss this later on in, in the podcast, actually. Uh, I, I guess that the, the point I'm trying to get at here is, you know, is this kind of complete freedom of expression, which could translate into a cheats charter? Is this a good and healthy thing around this game in particular, but video gaming in general? I, I suppose I think it is, isn't it, Nathan? I mean, definitely. It's all over the place in other games too, and it only pushes the platform as well as everybody to get out there and do something about it to create solutions. And there are lots of solutions out there being created around all games with this. And I think it is possible to at least get uh, some good integrity amongst the community with racing and all, as well as uh, events and stuff like that with the right things in place. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that leads us into racing and apologies to listeners who are not interested in racing, but you know, it's such a vibrant area, as I think I said on the last podcast, it's where all the innovation and action is and where a lot of the attention is and where a good deal of the new investment money has been directed. So we need to cover it. And there are always things to talk about. And this week is, <laughs> is no exception at all. Um, uh, mainly because um, as we record on a Wednesday morning, tonight is the uh, tonight GMT is the final race in the men's KSL series. So a good point, I think, to just take stock a bit, and particularly, Nathan, with you being here for this huge event, which um, will be, if you're listening to the, pub, the podcast on the day of publication, which will be Thursday, that is today, um, the British National E-Championships, the first ever bike race, 
with full endorsement from a regulating body. I think, don't think the Australian one quite quite qualified. Um, Shane, you'll correct me if I'm wrong uh, during the discussion, but be, uh, British Cycling are fully behind this British National E-Championship. So th- it's a big deal. So good time to think about what we may have learned from the KISS League. So let's start nice and simple with a binary choice aimed at answering a very complex question. We're extremely good at that here in the UK. Um, Nathan, KSL, hit or miss? You had a very strong dichotomy there, like you said, but uh, I'll say hit. Yeah, I think I agree with you. Shane? Uh, I'll go with miss because at 5am, I can't get up and watch that that things that early. Um, but for, for, for more detailed reasons, though, I've got a lot more to say. Yeah, and let's get into a bit of that detail now then. What do we think we've learned? Um, and, and that's the question I want us to discuss. But um, before we do that, let's just hear a little bit from Greg uh, Leo. Now, Greg was involved in the series, both behind the scenes and on screen as a summariser. Um, and one of the issues that certainly has arisen is, well, of course it has because it always does, is, is, is verification. Now, it's a different kettle of fish because we're dealing with pro riders. So, so the verification process, to some extent, becomes even more important. Um, and there was some rumblings in the community that whatever verification was going on was kind of covert. It was kind of hidden. It was behind the curtain. We didn't we didn't see that. So I wanted to ask Greg what what he thought about that uh, that criticism and and get a few of his other thoughts on um, how he felt the KSL had gone. So here's Greg. KSL hit or miss? Um, I think it was a hit. I mean, as far as exciting racing going is goes, uh, and and that's where I, you know, come at it from and and building steam behind e racing on Zwift. I think it was absolutely a hit. I mean, there's a lot of things we can learn from the Super League, from the first Kiss Super League, um, but you know, I think it was, I think it achieved a lot of goals, and one of those goals is telling us where we need to put resources in improving e-racing in the future. What's your top learning? Gosh, yeah, there, there is, well, there are a few things, but um, let me say the top thing on my list is um, I think the community kind of demands transparent rules for the pros. So one thing is we need, um, we need a stronger set of rules for e-racing, uh, and we need that to be transparent for the community so they know what rules are being implemented for the professional riders. I think that's absolutely key. And not only a transparent set of rules, but some transparency on what Zwift is doing behind the scenes. I mean, they must be crunching some data. Uh, yes, they are. They are crunching data. Uh, the new Zada, or the, uh, the the new verification board for performances in e-racing, are definitely crunching numbers. Um, I believe there'll be more information coming out about exactly what the new Zada does uh, shortly, maybe before this podcast even gets released. Um, but there are definitely things going on behind the scenes to make sure that performances that you see in the Super League are valid, that things like weights are valid. Um, you know, these things that maybe are causing some controversy in the community, there, there are definitely, there's definitely work going on behind the scenes to, to make sure all of that is, um, is um, buttoned up. I think many in the community would be reassured to hear that that kind of work was going on behind the scenes. But was there not an argument perhaps for making that fact known so people actually knew there was some kind of verification process? Yeah, so I think, well, Zada has been in place for KSL. Um, what hasn't been there is is the the communication with the community exactly what Zada is doing behind the scenes. Um, you know, KSL has always been, it, it's from the beginning, it's been a learning process. And part of that learning process is figuring out um, how to do performance verification with pros and how the new Zada is going to function, you know, for these marquee Zwift events like the, the KISS Super League. It, it has been in place since the beginning, but it's kind of been evolving a little bit. And I think now it's at the point where, um, you know, not only is it ready to be revealed exactly how this is going to work, or at least a little bit more how this is going to work, um, but I think the community is ready to hear it as well. Well, we have to face it. We have to confront it. We can't ignore it. The credibility of, of, of the league did take a bit of a knock after the weigh-in at the New York event. Now, I'm not going to get into specifics for an excellent reason, and, and the reason is this. I don't know the full facts. I don't know the full story. I've only seen what I've seen around social media. I can't know the physiology involved in these riders. 
um, who were who were only slightly overweight. Um, but there was one rider who was well overweight, uh, like eight kilograms. At, Again, this could be all kinds of reasons, not all of them malicious. We don't know the facts, and, and it's unfair to throw rocks on the basis of ignorance. But the fact remains that credibility is an issue, a big issue. This is cycling after all. Shane, I mean, wait, that surely just has to be a fairly easy one to solve? No, I, I, I don't mean offline. I mean, I mean at the LAN events, at the, at the live events. Uh, in-person events, yes. Oh, yeah, the live events, absolutely, absolutely. But what we have here is that we have history and data, data sets from previous races, um, which indicated the data was a lot different to the in-person events. I'll be very reserved in what I say on this. It doesn't do anybody any good. No, but we can't ignore it. I mean, you know, we can't ignore it. I mean, let me let me put this this thread to you. Could it be that rider education hadn't been thorough enough. I mean, we're talking here about people. I mean, there were certain people who, who we know are experienced with races, the pros who are experienced with races. But we could be talking about, I mean, let me paint this potential scenario to you. Sponsor sends a text to a rider saying, uh, you know that smart trainer we sent you, um, jump on it, will you, at 10 to 6 um, uh, on Tuesday because you're going to do a race. And, you know, I mean, I'm not saying this happened, but 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 it's a possibility that that's all the rider might have known about it. He might never have been on Zwift before. He might not know whether to enter his weight, including his kit and his shoes and his bike or, you know, all of that stuff. Um, it, it, could it be that there was a bit of a, a, a rider education fail around this, do you think, Shane? Uh, quite possibly. That's a very good uh, reason for things to be why they were like they were. <laughs> and that's all I'll say. <laughs> I think it's, no, seriously, I think we've been calling for transparency for years and years in this sport, and now we have it, and that took place. I'm disgusted with what I saw. Um, I think the riders themselves, as professionals, should have been a lot more onto it than this. If it's a failing in, in communication, court, cool, let's go with that. Let's move on. If it happens again, there's going to be a very, very big problem with this uh, platform as a whole. Yeah, I think that's that, that's an excellent point. I mean, it was a red flag, wasn't it, this, Nathan? For, for whatever reasons, and they, you know, I must say they could be innocent, you know, or they could be, there could be more to this than, than we know. There are very often is about these things. But, but we can't afford, Nathan, can we, to see that kind of thing happening again? No, I think um, there's, so, I mean, I think, yeah, transparency is super important, super, super important all around. Um, making sure that, you know, the protocols that are in place, you know, for these kinds of things, just being really open about it, I think is, is important. Uh, so, um, these questions are easily answered, uh, when they do come up, uh, I have, you know, during broadcast and with some of the commentators and some of the people who are a part of the, um, management with the teams and stuff that I've been interacting with the reality of, uh, the logging in and, 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 oh yeah, we'll, we'll sign up and do the, do that game. We'll go and well, oh yeah, that sounds great. That sounds really cool. And then they show up and they're like, whoa, this is a race. Whoa. That was the hardest thing I've ever done. Like what their, the expectation of what they showed up to for some of the pros sounded like they didn't know what they were getting into. Like you just said, like, this is broadcasted. Wait a second. This is, this is, Oh, this is a different story than I thought it was. And I got to show up. And now the, at first I'm showing up with a full stomach on a, whatever night after dinner. Now I'm hearing this other story, five races in where I'm prepping for this. Like I'm prepping for my races on the weekend. And I, I eat three hours before I rest up. I da, 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 da. Whereas even earlier we heard like with a similar, I think same team we're talking about five hour training rides in the same day and they couldn't compete kind of a thing because it wasn't like it was like oh it's just another thing i'm doing to play a game not necessarily showing up for like full-on race so i think the understanding of what's going on here and how big it is and how real it is as a psyching genre also maybe is a little bit of a talking point uh, i think transparency though is the main talking point though on this specific topic with this thing yeah and, and to be fair to everybody involved you know this was always billed as i mean we've been around this scene for so long <clears throat> excuse me, that um, it was nothing new to us. But to, to, to a very large portion of the cycling community, it is new, you know. And this was billed as a demo event and a trial and a way to learn lessons. And and for sure, some, some learnings have come out of it. So let's move on to 
a slightly more positive um, aspect to this. And Shane, give me a couple of things based on 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 the Kiss Super League that you think could be done to improve matters. And that, you know, let's talk ideal world here. Let's not be bound by the practicalities. I mean, you know, give us a couple of ideas for making things better. Well, first of all, we've seen this echo through the community, the viewers, everybody online watching these, is the broadcast tools, camera angles, rider data being presented in a digestible and understandable format, well beyond what we know as Zwifters. We know what Wattsburg Yellow is all about. We know what the Watt numbers are. But what does that mean in regards to how the event is unfolding? So presenting that data in a little bit more broadcastable way or a digestible way for the average viewer. Also, more in-person events, um, which is a good media opportunity for teams and celebrity races to meet with their fan base, um, but also regional leagues because, as I mentioned before, 5 a.m. live streams for here in Australia, it's not going to happen. No one's going to watch. We'll watch the replays, but we'll fast forward straight to the last couple of kilometres and see what happened rather than watch the whole thing. So there's a few of ideas off the top of my head for that. Yeah, yeah, no, I think they're all very, very, very good ideas, actually. Uh, regional leagues, certainly, for sure. And that, I'm sure, will develop as the whole kind of ecosystem evolves. Um, Nathan, without getting into too many specifics, because you and I could bore people endlessly about this, a couple of uh, big ideas that, that you would like to see implemented to, to make things better. Uh, three of them, transparency, stream, Obviously, the stream had some struggling with production um, to get things right, like Shane was saying there, and game. Um, and when I say game, we go from a dot in our – if we think about – I don't know, use a, maybe a geometric analogy. Right now, Zwift was built as a sim with a like single forward focus of one individual when I interact with the game. So going from that dot – to a 2D to a 3D interactive space, like get more depth between the interactions. Every variable you add adds more game. And so like interaction between players in some sort of way, stuff like that, like adding more cycling game though. I think people get turned away when you say game as if it's like anti-cycling. And every race is a game, but not every game is a race, right? We said that really early on. So I think uh, really bridging that gap to help people understand that cycling is a game uh, that we play in tactical ways and getting those interactions going somehow down the road, I think will make things really, really interesting. But um, those are things that are just like kind of my heartbeat though around Zwift. So maybe not so specific to KSL, but I think it'd make it really good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, just before we leave this, um, I mean, tonight, you know, and I, I'm sorry for people around the world, but because this is kind of largely a British thing, but strategically for Zwift, because of the partnership with, with British Cycling and because of the scale of the production, I mean, tonight is, you know, could or could end up being a huge, huge landmark in, in the development of, of esports on Zwift. And Nathan, you're at the centre of it, my friend. Uh, so you're amongst, uh, you're amongst pals here. You can speak openly. Are you nervous? Um... I, funny, I feel like I should be nervous, but don't feel nervous. So I don't know if that makes sense, but I feel like I should be nervous, yeah, and I but I don't feel nervous. I'm also the production team is really cool and calm. They seem really like they're a super well oiled machine. It's obvious, which brings nerves down immediately, as far as the way the leadership approaches it too. When you're amongst that, and then I'm amongst people that I know as well. Um, that are a part of the team with uh, presenting it and stuff. So it's a familiar space with familiar faces. Um, and as long as you just pay attention to that, uh, I think it's it's business as usual. If you don't pay attention to everything else about it, you know, kind of a thing that you just don't think about that side of it, I think. Uh, and you stay comfortable. And are you, are you, are you lead commentator as usual? Would you have a co-commentator? Or? Uh, so for stream, um, so we're going to have a couple of, there's a, there's actually a lot of different talent on it. So, but, uh, for the BT part of things, it'll be, uh, myself and, uh, Matt Stevens. Mm. I think you, you and Matt are, uh, you as lead and, and Matt as co or collar. I, I, I love that partnership. I think, I think it's great. It must be great working with Matt. I mean, he, you know, I tuned into Milan San Remo last weekend and there was Matt, you know, this, this is a guy with, Huge credibility from 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 IRL cycling. 
Oh yeah, it's absolutely awesome. Uh, there's a great dynamic there that was super enjoyable, and we got into flow when it came to the commentary. Uh, we, you know, when you have a situation where the cogs fit and the wheels start turning, and it just kind of happens naturally, that's the artistic side of commentary. It seems like, and uh, we were really able to have a lot of fun with it. And when you can have fun with it and put on a good show, that's kind of what it's all about. And then the viewers feel that too. So uh, I'm really excited to work with Matt. Like he brings so much to the table and like a lot of learning too, obviously, as you said, with having the in real life stuff going on where I bring a little bit of the online streaming esports side as, and a lot of hype, the uh, narratives of cycling. Um, he brings a lot of body to that, which is really cool. Well, good luck, my friend. I'll be rooting for you. Break a leg, as they say. Um, uh, I wish I was involved, but uh, I'm not because uh, I am. Uh, I can't travel at the moment at all. I've got to go and get this daily thing, which is becoming somewhat tedious, to say the least. Anyway, uh, enough on that. All right, well, uh, and that's kind of the reason why, why the Zwiftcast gaps have been very long recently. And I do hope that that is going to come to an end very, very soon. So kind of apologies to listeners for... For the relative lack of service this indoor season, I wish it had been another way. Um, okay, let's wrap up on this one and let's finish off with uh, with any other business. I mean, since we last three spoke, it seems like there's been another three or four or five, I kind of lost count actually, virtual cycling platforms have been released. Uh, Road Grand Tours is due out of beta. There's some crazy arcade thing, which I took one look at and instantly dismissed. I, I have no idea what that was. CVR gave us mushrooms. And then Veloton. Um, appear to have licensed the graphics of Pro Cycling Manager and seem to be putting a virtual cycling game engine behind it. This one actually is interesting because it's a clever idea. Um, I mean, they're still, you know, many years and millions of dollars away from making any serious kind of dent in in Swift as any kind of effective rival, I feel. But the idea itself is 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 quite cute. I mean, all the graphics work is done, and if they can get the physics right and the game engine right, you could kind of see how those two things would would work together quite well. Um, unlike the other Shane, I, I think this looks so it could be a bit of a contender. It'll never. I, don't, I honestly don't think it'll challenge Swift. I'm not sure anybody can now. They're too far ahead. But but somebody's got to be number two. Do you, do you think this one stands a chance? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go on, elaborate. There's more to it than just a pretty picture or just the racing side of things. Uh, a lot more to it than just that. Um, and as your listeners will be a part of, it's about community as well. What we saw built from Zwift from the ground up was community from day one, from absolutely from day one, and it just exploded from there. So Zwift, and they did acknowledge that at Zwift Week. They still talk a lot about the community, listening to the community, being part of the community, even though they can't steer the ship where the community may want it to go because we always want new roads and things like that. There's an integral part. So no one is going to hit the ground running at all ever from day one. Even from year one, they won't even come close. It can look pretty. People can try. But good luck. It's a big task ahead to even get to number two. Yeah, it is. It is. But 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 that aside, Nathan, this is quite a cute idea, isn't it? I mean, I'm, I, I don't know the technicalities. I've never been a big gamer, so I don't kind of fully understand it. But to me... It looks, like I say, it's quite a cute idea. There's this huge thing that's already there, and all you've got to do is kind of gamify it and put some physics in it. Yes and no, because it's not a AAA game, right? So, like, I see Zwift going toward being a AAA game in the space of, of, of gaming and and. Define your terms, friend, my friend. Well, for like... Who don't know what the significance of AAA. Like, so major... Yeah, major, major, like... Th- worldwide known games that have a huge production company behind them that produce them right like um yeah i guess grand theft auto not one that i I i'm not into grand theft auto but i mean like i mean you know fortnite fortnite would be would be one uh made by epic so epic it produces triple a games ubisoft produces triple a games like blizzard produces triple a games right so they're they have they're huge 
in the gaming world and they have a long development behind these games. Um, and uh, I see Zwift going there. Pro Cycling Manager is definitely nowhere near from what I see. They, they might be produced by a company that is around maybe like somewhere in there, but I don't think their resources are very high. And like, yeah. I, it just doesn't look like a game that is that polished. Um, so anyways, I, I, I know people play it, it, it but... Uh, in order to like you know do the fifa thing but it's just not that big either like it's not as big as nowhere near as big as fifa as far as you know gaming goes too so i just i don't see that 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 playing out um perhaps to be a huge contender because i'm not just that impressed by what they picked up to go with and you can't just like grab something and run with it like that i don't know we'll see what happens though i mean maybe i'm making a lot of assumptions well yeah so yeah, no, maybe you're right. Maybe it's too easy. Maybe I've been seduced by the, you know, the the, the relative ease of of of, uh, of combining the two things with with all that kind of all the hard yards on the graphics kind of already done. But maybe it's not quite that simple. Okay, well, uh, as ever, we'll be watching with interest. Um, Shane, um, what's on the video production uh, line at the moment, fella? What's 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 the next thing that's going to rock our world from uh, Shane Miller Studios? Well, after returning from the US, I had a pile of things here at the door. So I have, I think, three smart trainers, four power meters, and just never enough time in the day to do so many llama lab tests. So just more of that. Um, I had a look at a, a power meter out of China the other day, sub $300 US power meter, which was quite impressive. Um, I've got one now halfway through testing, which is almost double that, which is almost half as impressive. So not impressive at all. So just really um, <laughs> keeping on the, the same old, same old. And uh, also now producing a podcast with DC Rainmaker talking about our, our daily struggles and our daily uh, notices of what's going on in the tech space. And, you know, what pop, yeah, pops I heard up. that. I, I listened to, to the first two episodes. I was pretty impressed, actually. I thought that was it. Yeah, look, we've been talking it, it, about it, it for nice. ages and ages. So we're on phone calls to each other quite often as well because, you know, we're both usually testing the same sort of thing or it's like, have you seen this? Have you done this? And we've hung out quite a bit, so we know how each other works. So we thought, look, let's just record our conversations and put a bit of structure around it and just hit upload. Look, it's not as polished as the Zwiftcast. I'll, I'll give it that. The Zwiftcast is done very, very well. But it's just content that we can just do quite quickly, get it up there, and just share about what we're doing. So, just more of those on the weekly. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I, I urge people to give it a listen. It's uh, it's well worth it. Uh, good listen that one, um, Nathan. I guess um, all of your attention is focused on on London and uh, and the championships right at the minute. I guess there's not a lot of headspace to think about much else. Uh, yeah, I mean KSL tonight with the men. I mean we got the you know that's that's a big deal too um, as well. And then uh, so we're gonna go set up with for that. Uh, kind of nice to get into the flow while here of commentating too after the women's and then the men's tonight. Get familiar with some of the riders. It sounds like Madison Jenner should be on site tonight. And then tomorrow's all day prep rehearsals and stuff like that. So that'll be cool. Mm. Um, yeah. Well, you picked an interesting week to come to the UK, mate. Let me tell you. Um, you (laughs) Historic, unprecedented, uh, shambolic, chaotic, all of those. I treat your guys' politics the same way I treat mine. I pay zero attention pretty much. (laughs) I just do my own thing. So, (laughs) Yeah, it's probably very, very sensible at the moment. Okay, well, that's it uh, for this one. Uh, Usual... um, Feel like I apologise too much, actually, but I am conscious that the Zwickast has not been kind of itself this season, and I do, you know, my my particular uh, the factors that have, have have made that happen are 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 getting fixed at a very rapid rate of knots, and I expect to be firing on. Have I got eight cylinders or twelve cylinders? Well, however many cylinders I've got, I expect to be backfiring on all of them very, 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 very soon. So, thanks for the patience of listeners in putting up with um, a, a reduced service this season. It should change very soon. Thank you to you two. Very good luck tonight, Nathan. Look forward to seeing the latest production chain. Thanks very much, guys. Talk to you soon. Cheers. Thanks, guys, and see you soon. Cheers. Okay, just a little transparency from the Zwiftcast here. I'm making clear my relationship with Zwift. Zwift support the podcast, for which we're extremely grateful, but um, they don't influence anything we say during the preparation or transmission of the Zwiftcast. Thanks very much indeed for listening. See you next time.